sometimes it takes trauma and who knows it more than you to kind of break you out of what you really know and allow you to see things in a little different perspective and just get out of our own self, get out of our own way, get out of our own teachings. And those are the limiting beliefs that we think we know things and we think we believe in things in a certain way when actually it's like, wait, maybe like, why did I decide that? Remember, I think I, I spoke to you before and I told you my one of my favorite sentences is be open to everything and attached to nothing. Hello again, friends and fellow truth seekers. Mike Nicholas here with another episode of the Soul Unleashed podcast, where it's my goal to help you with questions you might have regarding the awakening of your soul, and particularly to help other left brain types, like I think I am, ask the right questions in our search for a deeper meaning to life. Ultimately, I want to help you unleash your soul from limiting beliefs and smothering paradigms. Let's get started with today's interview. Uh, you have a real treat today. I'm so happy to bring to you Lulu Lee, whom I met through a mutual friend. I, I don't believe there's any accidents in the way things happen, but I'm so happy that we met and that she made the time for to us to talk. Lulu Lee teaches a lot of the things that I'm familiar with, manifestation, Reiki, healing, and says so many things that I can relate to, but she does it in a way that I think is really unusual. She combines the skills of her craft, her art, which is a makeup artist, she, she does makeup for a lot of well-known, famous people, and she came to realize that uh, it was something that she could use to express and teach these kind of things. I'm not going to say any more because she says it way better than I do. So here she is, Lulu Lee. Okay, welcome everybody back to the Soul Unleashed podcast. I'm really happy to have today as my guest, Lulu Lee. Lulu Lee and I met through a mutual friend. And Lulu Lee is a beauty coach. And Lulu Lee, you do something that I've never heard of before, so it's very unusual. But Lulu Lee integrates her experience as a beauty coach with manifestation, the law of attraction, and Reiki energy healing. And so we're going to talk about all those things, but especially how you integrate those things. So Lulu Lee, why don't we start with just you explaining for our audience what it is that you do and, and how you do it. Sure thing. Thank you for having me. First and foremost, I'm excited to be here. So and I appreciate the opportunity to uh, speak to you and to your audience, Mike. So thank you for that. Sure. And, uh, yeah, you said right. I'm a lifestyle beauty coach. I, uh, I've been a makeup artist for over 25 years, working in the different fields of the art, uh, from fashion to movies to brides, you name it. I did it. Celebrity makeup, all of that. And then I also always lived a very spiritual lifestyle and always loved self-awareness, really started that journey almost also kind of like 20, 23 years ago, really dove deeply into it and um, started practicing the philosophy of law of attraction, then actually studied it and became a practitioner of it. Um, and with my, uh, with my journey, uh, I knew that healing was calling me. I felt it within me doing it and uh, many times i was scared of my own powers as they say uh mm. and uh crazy turn of events led me to know believe and understand that it's part of me and i just i have to pursue it 
and I'm happy to share more about that uh, if uh, you would like. But uh, that led me to actually study Reiki, which is a Japanese energetic uh, healing philosophy and healing uh, process. And I, there's three levels of it. I'm a master. I reached the highest level. And so I work with that. And uh, as a makeup artist, it's kind of like the barber's chair or the psychologist's chair or the bartender's <laughs> chair, you know. As soon as they sit there, we start talking. And uh, I realized more and more from the women that sit in my chair how much of advice we're speaking about, how much the things that we talk about are much more than skin deep. And um, I started working it working my philosophy and the things that I know and doing healing and it's hurting. I'll put my hand, I'll do Reiki real quick, or I'll say something or I'll bring a different perspective to them from the philosophy of law of attraction. And then I said, you know what? I should just bring all my favorite worlds together. And I created a, a workshop that is called Layers of Beauty, which it's a full makeup course. And I teach, uh, all the basic uh, techniques of makeup, but I align them with techniques for self-awareness, for self-actualization. I always say I use makeup as a tool and for inspiration, for self-actualization, because that's what, at the bottom line, we all want to know. We all want to know that we lived here, we lived on purpose, we did something with our life, we mattered, we, you know, we saw our worth, we enjoyed our life, we felt comfortable uh so many women and men you know struggle with self-love with putting ourselves first with personal conversation that is a lot of time more negative than positive it's one of the main statistics that i talk about when i begin my workshop is that 87 percent of personal self-talk is negative which is insane to think about it means we leave ourselves about 13 percent in the day to say something nice to ourselves at any other time mm. We always criticize ourselves. And everybody, we, we know that sentence. We all say it. Uh, I'm my worst critic, you know, and like, there's nothing to be proud of it. We should stop. <laughs> so um, so that's kind of what I do. I teach women how to contour their face and how to contour their limiting beliefs. And it's inner so, and outer beauty a lot. So I, I know absolutely zero about makeup, but can you give me just an example of, you know, when we first talked, you mentioned something about base or whatever, and I don't know how that works, but right. can you kind of explain that a little bit for our listeners? Yeah, of course. Uh, so just like I gave the example right now, like contouring is a technique that teaches women how to redefine their facial facial features. It's uh, putting darker colors in everywhere that shadow falls. And with that game of shadow and light, you actually redefine your jawline your i mean your jawline your uh cheekbones uh your forehead if it's too big you can make it uh, appear smaller all these different techniques that we do when we play with shadow light and it's called contour because it's redefining and reshaping our facial features and so i teach how to do that but at the same time i teach how to redefine and reshape our limiting beliefs, because just because we see something doesn't mean that it's true, right? And doesn't mean that this is the only way it can appear. There are so many things that we've learned without with life because we saw our environment and we saw the people around us and we learned so many things from them because they're the only people we really have to learn from when we're little. But just what, what they believe in doesn't mean that it's supposed to be what we believe in. 
or we took on these beliefs and those beliefs created a pattern of, of a, some kind of a behavior, right? And those behaviors are integrated with feelings and those feelings with thoughts. And before we know it, we're these people that we know to be, but it might not even be who we really are because it's all learned behavior. So I speak of that in little things that don't go too deep because we're still in a fun makeup environment. But I always speak about, you know, pay attention to yourself. You know, just because you thought you do something in a specific way doesn't mean that it's your truth. It doesn't mean that you, you know, if you always struggle with money. It doesn't mean that you forever have to struggle with money if you struggled with money because maybe you grew up in an environment that was, you know, more scarce. And the conversation about money was, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. You know, the root, uh, you know, the root of money is uh, all evil. And, you know, all these sentences that I'm kind of butchering right now, but because I literally cleaned them from my mindset so deeply that I don't even remember how to say it, which I'm grateful for. but, no, you yeah. just told me that you just came back from uh, Sundance, the Sundance Film Festival, right? Yes. And so I know that you work with people whose names other people would recognize. But when these people that are well-known or whatever sit down and you start to do their makeup, do they expect you to talk about these kind of things or does it come up or do you not even touch that at all when you're doing this? Well, I'm very intuitive, which so I know who sits in front of me in, in in a matter of five minutes. You know, if they're talkative and they're open and their energy is open, I can feel it right away. If they're like, oh, my God, tell me about yourself or how did you get here? or What do you do? Or they're automatically sharing about what they're doing over here. Then I know they like to talk about more. If it's somebody that talks about. All they want to talk about is the bags that they bought and the clothes that they brought with them that I know that this is like, I can't go too deep, but I'll try a little bit because that's the whole point of what I'm doing is to bring more depth into vanity. You know, I want, what I teach, I always say, I teach mindful makeup artistry because I want you, when you look in the mirror, to actually be able to say something kind to yourself. Those, you know, affirmations that we always thought about, you know, tell yourself you love yourself, tell yourself you're beautiful. You can do that. If you take 10 minutes to do your makeup in the morning, why not add something that brings you more value, that will make you feel good? And we always say, you don't have to believe it in the beginning. That's the key with affirmation. You keep saying it until you believe it. You're reprogramming your mind. So. Different people speak about different things. I found that when, for example, in Sundance, I had producers of movies and women who are uh, movie producers and directors. And, you know, they started a conversation and automatically I picked up from their language that we kind of speak the same language because they talk, you know, if somebody throw out the word journey, manifestation, frequency, those kind of like code words when you know somebody's speaking your language and I start talking about different things and they're like oh my god I love what you talk about and I then I say you know I integrate makeup with mindfulness I have this thing that I do and they're like just I already have like so many networking connections just because they want to create something together and they love the idea of it so some people will love it and some people I don't even mention it or I'll just say or I'll even just do my healing for them because they just needed that like I literally I had someone in my chair that was in pain on the inside it doesn't show because they're obviously sitting there getting their makeup done but in three minutes of a conversation I felt it again because it's part of who I am and what I do and 
she started, I told, I just started saying like, you know, you know, you're beautiful. Like, because she said, you know, you got to make, help me look good. I look like shit. And I don't like when people talk about it. So automatically I said, don't talk about yourself like that. You know, you look gorgeous and we're going to make you look more glamorous. You know, I always say that, like, I'm not making you beautiful. You already are beautiful. I'm just enhancing the features that you have with a little bit of color. And automatically you see that sigh or that smile of like, thank you. You know, you saw me. I appreciate it. And I just do my makeup and I'll say a few words and you're worthy. You're beautiful. Everybody goes through things. I see like, don't breathe so hard. It's okay. Breathe from your belly, not from your chest. And they'll open their eyes and like, how do you know these things? (laughs) You know, and then, and if they ask me with a smile and they want more, then I'll just keep doing it. It's not always about promoting what I do. It's just serving people. So I literally had someone that kept telling me, you know, you need to be a healer. And I kept smiling. I said, thank you. It's part of what I do. You know, she's like, oh my God, you have no no idea what you just did to me. This 30 minutes changed the whole energy of my day. And and to me, that's everything because that's really what I want to do. Do you do the healing part, say the Reiki, separately as a separate practice aside from the makeup part yes i do so all my services i can do for male or female uh, clients and it can be in healing and reiki for example you can do it remotely too you don't have to physically be next to me because it's all energy and everything mm-hmm. is energy it's uh, it's funny we always give the example if you put a, a piece of wood under a microscope you know, after the atoms and the, you know, the molecules and all of that, there's nothing left. It's just going to be energy because everything is made of energy. It's our perspective as humans that allow us to see something as solid, you know, intangible. But at the end of the day, it really is energy. So when I send energetic healing, you don't need to be close to me. I just need to know where you are. I always ask for an image to see your surroundings so I can put it inside, you know, my mind and my mind's eye. Um, I give you a tune to listen to. So we listen to the same frequency on a, on a music level. Um, and then you just tell me, of course, if there's a, something specifically that's bothering you. I always tell my clients, I'm not the healer. They're their own healers. You know, I'm just a vessel to transform the energy to them. Because uh, right now they're in a position that they're not able to or don't know how and don't have the skill set to do it. And they found me and they brought me into their life in this moment so I can bring for them what they need. But it's not about me. It's about them. And so we just do that. We get focused and I send it. If you're next to me, then it's easier for me to do different things with you that I can do physically. Uh, But a lot of times I even have physical clients that I don't even touch. Everything is, you know, above the body, not on the body because it's not a massage. It's healing. You know, if somebody specific asks for something specific, we can do that. But um, yeah, I do that separately. I do coaching separately. I do makeup and hair separately. And then I combine all of them in the layers of beauty workshop that I mentioned. Can you give us an example of somebody that you've worked with or helped through the, through the Reiki? Reiki? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can tell you I had a friend that was in India and was uh, suffering a lot it was uh his workload was crazy he worked with uh very high-end people in the in politics uh so it's like bodyguarding and constant running around and stress 24 7 um and the degrees in india were so high he just he couldn't find the balance he was in headaches back pains no sleep um 
And we just started doing sessions. Like we're in a different time zone. So I made sure that it's when he's in bed and relaxed. Like you can send Reiki at any time, but it will do better if you're in a relaxed mindset or relaxed position physically. Uh, So Mm -hmm. we started doing it in the evenings when he finally gets home and he's in his apartment and he's laying down. Like I said, I asked for visuals to see where he is. And I just started sending that energy. And in a matter, first of all, the first night already, he told me, I cannot believe I slept six hours. I haven't slept more than two hours straight in like a year. And he slept six hours fully. And then yeah. the pain too, the physical pain started to relieve. Now, funny enough, he was a person who already was familiar with Reiki and did Reiki 1, which Reiki 1 is you only learn how to heal yourself. Like I said, there's three of them. There's Reiki 1, Reiki 2, and Reiki Master. So once I started working with him, he kind of brought up and brought back his knowledge of Reiki, and he was reminded of what he knew. So I just started teaching him how to do it for himself again. And after three sessions with me, he didn't even need me anymore because he started doing Reiki to himself every morning and every night and started healing himself too. Um, So I brought him to a position that he was not consumed with stress and tiredness and pain, physical pain anymore with the sessions I did for him. His pain back, this uh, his back pain, I'm sorry, disappeared. Like I said, he managed to sleep. The level of stress went down. He woke up more rejuvenated. So there was like more peacefulness uh, within him. That inner peace changed everything. And then he started religiously to do that and help himself more. And, you know, it changed his life. So I was grateful for that. So, Lily, tell tell me a little bit about your your journey, like how how it started and when you started doing this. Like, did you grow up and always want to be a makeup artist, or and and then what, what caused for my journey? Because maybe not. However long you want, I just want to know more about you. Just joking, yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, I always knew I wanted to be a makeup artist. Actually, uh, it was. Uh, one of my biggest love, I think I just seen my mom. My mom was, she wasn't huge makeup wear person. Like she never really looked overly done. She was always tasteful and elegant, but she loved self-care. So it was always seeing her doing all these things with her creams and making sure she had, she always took me with her shopping. My neighbor, next door neighbor was the one that was working in the makeup counter at the store. So I always remembered, you know, the joy of just going and she would let me play with stuff because she was my neighbor. So she knew me. So it wasn't like, little girl, don't touch anything. It was like, go ahead, do whatever you want. I'll clean up, you know? Um, So that's how it started. And my mom gave me her old makeup kit so I can play with that. We made a deal that I won't touch the new one. I broke the deal, of course, because I wanted to touch everything. (laughs) And that's how it started as a teenager. I was always the one that everybody came to her house uh, to do makeup and do everybody's hair and things like that. And then I served the army. I uh, grew up in Israel and uh, serving is mandatory for us. So I served the army. And after the after you release from the army, you get a grant uh, and you can use it for specific schools and universities in Israel. And the makeup school I always dreamt to go to was one of the schools that I was able to use my grant for. Um, so I went to makeup school, actually took studies for almost a year, learned everything, doing prosthetics, doing beauty makeup. I just, I wanted to know a little bit of everything. And then I started work, but, uh, in alignment to that on a personal level, I had, uh, not 
the easiest uh, journey. When I was uh, five and a half years old, almost six years old, uh, my father had a really bad accident after a party that we had. He took his sister home, and on the way back, um, he crashed into a parked uh, truck. He actually went under in that little space that there is between the truck mm -hmm. and, the, and the floor. And so he had a really bad injury, a brain injury. All his ribs got crushed. His jaw got crushed. He was almost two and a half months in a coma. Um, and then my whole life changed. You know, it's from having a dad that would lift me up in one hand and take me to the playground to someone that for a year was just in hospitals. I Everything changed. My sisters were raising me. My mom was always gone with him. Everything was a ball of stress constantly because now life is different. Um mm -hmm. And so I change, uh, you know, I learned how to take things in and I talk about it because I always should have always needed to be a good girl for my mom and for everybody because she's going through so much. I just needed to be a good girl. But, you know, I'm six and I have tantrums because my mom is not home and my dad is not home and going through all that. But I just had to learn how to internalize all of that. So. It You know, it worked out with just little ticks and twicks and things that I used to do if it's biting my nails or having knot in my stomach or things like that. But my grandfather was a huge healer and I didn't understand it at the time. I just knew he was helping people all the time. Um, and yeah. I used to come to him and I'd do, I used to tell him, do to me what you do to other people. And he could, he always told me, you're too little for that. When you grow up, I'll teach you. And I was like, come was on. Was this your and father's, your father's father or your mother's my father? My mother's, my mother's father. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, and I always used to remember stories that, you know, like women who can't bear children will come to him and he'll just put his hands on her and say a prayer. And in a matter of no time, she'll be pregnant and all these amazing things. and. So I always used to gravitate to him. We were best friends. He always used to try to, he always used to bribe me with ice cream to come move, move in with him. And I was like, Grandpa, I can move in with you, but I can leave mom, you know. Uh, but we had a connection. And unfortunately, when I was 11, he already passed away. So I didn't get to enjoy him as much as I would have loved to. But he started mm -hmm. coming to me from the afterlife. Uh, so was that the first time you had those experiences? I think I didn't realize it was him, but I started seeing and hearing things. And then little by little, when I start, I told myself, I don't want to be scared of it. Um, and I was able to kind of focus it more and more. Then I started realizing, okay, it's people that I love, I think, that's talking to me. And then when my mom passed away, that's when I really kind of tuned into it because I really just wanted to talk to her again. And it was very traumatic to lose her. Uh, so what 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 form did that contact take? What was that like? Uh, so in the beginning, uh, with my mom, it was scary. I think she didn't really know how to come to me because it was all new to her to be on the other side. And it was traumatic to her. She didn't plan on leaving. Uh, okay. It was uh, three months before she got sick. She found out she's sick before we don't understood what happened. She was gone. Uh, and she was our whole life. Mind you, I just told you my dad had an accident. So she raised my dad back to being, you know, a guy that could stand on his own two feet coming from, uh, uh, you know, being really in a, a year of uh, uh, rehabilitation. And they did nothing with him in the hospital. So she was like everything to us. And she was like this five foot little energizer bunny you know so she was a woman of valor truly and her 
strength was beyond everything. And we took from that. But when she left, it was so shocking that I think it was shocking to her as much as it was to us. Leaving her little girl's family was everything to her. We didn't know mm -hmm. what to do. My dad's fir first check he ever wrote after his accident was for my mom's tombstone because he never, she ran life. She ran our home. Uh, and mm -hmm. so it was surprising to all of us. And I would just sit and cry and tell her to please come. Just please come. Just please come. And then things will start. The radio will start popping up. The I remember the fire uh, fire detector, you know, that we have in our mm -hmm. houses. It started going off and it would go off and it would freak me out because it would be like the middle of the night and out of nowhere. And I take it off and I take the battery out and it's still beeping in my head. And I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> so I remember just sitting there with like, you know, dumbfounded and I'll be like, mom, okay. If that's you, you have to come in a different way because this is freaking me out. It's too loud. It's too abrupt. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not calm. I want to talk to you in a calm way. I need to experience you in a more calm way. And then and I started you were meditating. About, you, you were about 11 or 12 then? No, 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 no. That was older. When I was little, I would hear stuff, but I'll ignore them because I was scared. Okay. I would just think okay. I was crazy because I always talked to myself. And I had my imaginary friend that now I'm thinking it was probably a different entity but uh for me it was just like talking to an imaginary friend because i felt like it was my escape route with everything that was going on at home you know mom is not there dad is not there when dad came home it was a totally different person brain injury there's a lot of like uh verbal abuse not in his control but that's all he did he yelled and cursed all day long and it was just like a crazy new life so i was just looking for escape and then I found this friend that I was talking to in my head all the time. I didn't realize it was something outwardly. It was just me talking to someone that I invented. Uh, when, then, when, when you're, I'm, I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, but these thoughts keep popping. When your grandfather visited you, so he died when you were about 11. Right. When he, when you say he visited you, what, what does that mean? Was it the same kind of things that you just described with your mother or was it through some type of thing that you saw or felt or heard so with him when i was little he will just come to me regularly like in dreams and things and then when i grew up more and i actually i became a mother myself and i started kind of thinking about this this life more life of spirituality and not religion more spirituality right and mm -hmm. i started connecting to things more i started talking to him more and now it became like my mom became my angel. My mom passed away when I was 27 years old. I'm 45 okay. now. So okay. I had about 20 years of just talking to them as my guardian angels. And then my grandmother, who I'm named after, Lulu, uh, she passed away. So they became like the group, my group of guardians. And I always started talking to them. And I started seeing them talking to me. So my grandfather, for example, I asked him, should I be a healer? Like, cause you were a healer. Am I a healer? Is it my DNA? And one day I went to the beach. I took my son to, he had this program to go to school and the beach was right near it. I dropped him off and I said, you know what? I'm not going to go grocery shopping. Like for once, I'll just go and sit and relax and look at the ocean. Um, and I took a blanket and I sat and I decided to meditate. I'm walking back from the ocean to my car. I saw a note stuck in the sand. And it had Hebrew writing on it. And it was so weird to me in the middle of Brooklyn to like find Hebrew writing, you know. 
And so I picked it up and it was half of a, of a quote of a sentence from the Bible that I'm familiar with. And I kept thinking to myself, I know this. I wonder what does that mean? And I just like mental noted it and put it back in the sand. I never take stuff because I always say, I got it. I saw it. it. It can serve someone else. So it's not just because it was for me doesn't mean that it's mine, right? There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so I left it back there and I went home and I kept it in my mind. I gave myself a mental note to look for that sentence so I can see what the other half is and just, you know, understand if it's something for me. And I picked him up and this and that and life. And I, you know, it was the back of my mind a couple of times, but I never really got to it to do it. The next week, that was a Saturday. The next Saturday, I took my son again. And I said, you know what? That was so much fun doing it last week. I'm going to do it this week again. And I went to the beach again. And in that week, there was a huge storm too. So uh, there was rain, there was wind, it was insanity. And when I came back too, they were doing construction at the beach. They started to kind of frame it and put fences around it, preparing it for summer. And I remember walking there, sitting for a little bit, and then it started to get chilly and windy. And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to get up because the wind is starting to blow the sand. It's uncomfortable. I get up, I start walking, and I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if I'll uh, see that note again, you know? And I remember looking, and I didn't remember exactly where it was, obviously. And even if I did, after everything that happened that whole week, the, the chances of me finding it were very slim. And I remember walking, and I see something, and it was a green marker, too. So it was very, you know, I, you could pick up on it in a second. And I saw a little green popping from from the sand and I was like there is no way and I bend it down and I took the paper and lo and behold it's the other second half of that sentence so what one I found the first half I kept telling myself to find the second half I didn't google the second half so you know my grandfather made sure I would see the second half and I'm like what are the chances right so I'm looking at it I'm amazed by it I'm putting it back in the sand. I took pictures of it. I remember I took a picture of it. I put it back in the sand. And I said to myself, this is funny. Now I have the second half. I should have saw this, the first half and put them together. And I walked two steps. And there goes the note from last week with the first half of it. And I'm like, my <laughs> goodness, what are the options, you know? But every time you ask yourself, what's the option? What's the possibility? When you think consequence, instead of saying consequence, say synchronicity. That's like mm-hmm. when you're starting to move from that skeptic into the more of a believer and understanding the opportunities and the puzzle and the way that the universe works. Because there are no coincidences. Everything happens exactly as it should. Every, everything always happens in divine timing. And so synchronicities is the understanding of the alignment of things that are happening where when we're kind of channeling on the same energy. If I thought of you and you called me, it's not a coincidence. You felt me energetically, whether you know it or not, subconsciously or not, you felt the energetic vibe and you called me because you picked up on our energy. I thought of you, you thought of me. That's why you called me, you know? And so that's what happened with those notes. And when I actually finally fully Googled the note, it said that the name of my grandfather that was the name of the person who said that sentence. They had the same name. So that's how I knew it was from my grandfather. And it's a beautiful sentence that talks about a man's relate, what the man does in this world, you know, and it's his services to be here for himself 
here for his community and here for God, you know, and this is what life is really all about. That's what life stands on, on three things, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with others, and our relationship with God. And I thought how perfect it is to kind of help me define what it is that I want to do in life, because this is really all I believe in. And so I printed it and I hung it on the wall and, you know, that was That was his answer to you to be a healer. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly what it was. You're touching on things now that apply to the law of attraction and manifestation, obviously. And before we go there, let me just ask you real quick. When you grew up Jewish, obviously, how does your religion, Judaism, impact or, or tie into what you do? Or did that have any impact on you growing up? in terms of accepting your gifts? Um, I think when I grew up in a house that wasn't too orthodox, but was still, you know, uh, we still had a, I keep forgetting, there's like so many names for the different streams, right? But uh, uh, we practice the religion at home in a way that was respectful for the religion, but didn't bind us to do nothing. So my father will go to synagogue on the weekends and we'll celebrate all the holidays and we'll light up the Shabbat candles and have our Shabbat dinner, which is, you know, our the seventh day when God rested and all of those things. But God was a very big part of my life and belief and faith was a very big part of my life. And especially after what happened to my father, my mom, you know, it was always believing, it was always praying that he'll wake up one day, you know, two months for somebody to be in a coma and for a, a wife to still believe and go sleep on the floor next to him on the hospital and talk to him constantly, believing he'll wake up. That You need a lot of faith to do that. And when I look back, she was 34 years old with three little girls at home. A 34-year-old, our, you know, nowadays it's like, well, what can you do with him? You know, it's like, but she was there because she had the faith that he'll wake up. And one day he opened his eyes and woke up. And so I think the faith and seeing how life can be and gratitude and kindness is very big in the Jewish religion. We always, our hospitality, like Shabbat dinner or holidays, you'll have 40, 50 people at any holiday. No, you know, just it's my friend is hungry. That's okay. Come with school. Like, you know, my mom used to feed everybody. It was always the generosity, always giving back, giving back. So when I started that, you know, that understanding that I want to give back, and it started aligning with like seeing different things and picking up on different things of like, you know, someone is crying far away and I can hear it. And it's funny because my son was, used to do the same thing. I would look for who's crying to just help. You know, I would see m- my sisters, all of us will see like a dog or something. And there's a lot of people like that. They just don't believe there are healers. And that's the difference between somebody who's more in tuned than not. I just kept following my intuition because my mom always used to tell me that. Just trust yourself. Just trust yourself. Don't believe what people tell you. Don't, you know, if I'll come and say somebody bullied me, they don't define you. You're better than that. Just follow your intuition. If that's what you want to wear, you wear that. Don't worry about what anybody else said. I was a very weird chicken. Even in high school, I wore stuff that nobody, you know, I remember coming to school with like these shoes that looked like an American flag because I always wanted to live in America. That was my dream. That was one of the biggest manifestations. I dreamt about America. I dreamt about New York. I dreamt about doing Fashion Week and I did 
all of that. So looking back, it's like, whoo, visualizing from, you know, being a little girl and actually manifesting it in, in my mature years was an amazing way to see the power of that. But in the beginning, it's just really about following your heart and following your intuition. And the more you do that with your surroundings, for me, it was faith, it was love, it was kindness, it was gratitude. All these things that were instilled with me from home kind of led me to see things. If something happens or something bad happens, there's no such thing as bad. Just always look at the cup half full. No matter how a hardship my mom went through with my dad, and us, you know, and the family and everything and being the sole provider and trying to raise three girls on her own and doing all of that, you know, she always looked at the glass half full. So when you have that attitude of gratitude and you believe that life is not against you, it's for you and you just deal with it and you develop that resilience within you, you start seeing things in a different way. And the more you are open to the universe, the, the universe will be open to you. So, and that's why I say is the difference between skeptics and believers is that because once you change that little bit of attitude in your mind and the mindset change to being a little bit more open, you'll see things that before would just fly through you, right? It would be like went in one ear and now the other. And all of a sudden, now you listen to a song. And the song actually resonates with you in a different way. And you realize that it actually has to do with something you were just thinking or feeling. And then you're like, oh, my God, it's like, you know, are there UFOs here? No, it's you speaking to the universe, you know, and the universe speaks to you right back because we constantly create. We're co-creators of our reality. And that's what it's about. is, Is there... Is there anything that you've learned? So manifestation, law of attraction, Reiki healing, intuitive healer. Is there anything that you've learned um, that is at odds with your religious upbringing? And the reason I'm asking is because a lot of people who listen to my podcast are skeptics in the sense that they they come from very strong religious backgrounds. I was Catholic, am Catholic, um, and, and very much into the Bible. But a lot of these things in terms of Reiki healing and manifestation don't don't jibe with what they 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 believe the Bible to say. So for you and for your faith, is there anything that you find in conflict with what you believe and practice now versus your your religious upbringing? I mean, there are many different things. So on on the spirituality level and the things that I do, yeah, for example, you can't do card readings right? So it's not allowed in the religion. You can't like use crystals, but that's like, that's why I said there's so many streams, like the Orthodox who are, you know, the one that you see wearing all black and the man that, the man that has those, mm-hmm. the pious and all of those things. Uh, they strictly believe in the religion wholeheartedly in the most hardcore way because I didn't believe in it that way. I created my own religion. Now, even in my personal life, I married somebody who was not Jewish. My dad freaked out. You know, it's like, you cannot marry out of their religion. Why not? Well, how is he better than me or I'm better than him? You know, well, we last, like that didn't make sense to me. I just saw people as people. I saw souls. So that, mm-hmm. you know, was a big thing to try to deal with. And I think because my grandfather was a rabbi and also a healer to my mom, those worlds made sense together. For other people, it may have not. My grandfather used to be very big in Kabbalah. 
uh, if you're familiar with Kabbalah. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's like a form of like high level frequency openness and just being able to channel things that will help you create healing. But that was his form. So it wasn't so foreign, but at the same time, you know, when I started dealing with different things, like, you can't do that. You're Jewish. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That doesn't, those two things don't exist. Like, you cannot tell me what I can and can I do. And the more I grew too in my spirituality, it opened me up for more religion. Because, for example, when I was little, you know, doing this, right? Like how uh, Christians are, uh, whatever that you guys do this when you pray in church and just crucifying doing the cross on you if i would have done that even as a joke oh my god it would be like all hell will break looks you know we'll wear like something that's similar <laughs> might look like something of a christian or islam or i'll have like a shawl that look like a kafia and it's like oh my god this is muslim you know everybody will be so extreme with it and for me it was like oh my god it's like it's nothing what are you guys are freaking out from and then when i grew up more in my spirituality and understanding the story of jesus and who jesus really was and and all those things you know how beautiful it was the kindness just trying to tell people what we all know is that God is within us, you know, and, and we have to follow the God within us. And, you know, and just seeing the love of re- different religions and how all religions are based in the same thing. I still speak to friends of mine that are more religious or just stayed in that small minded set of like our hometown or things like that, that they think I'm crazy. When I speak about Jesus or when I speak about Muhammad or when I speak about anything else in religion that doesn't align with what they know. Because to them, Jewish is, you know, that's it. Like, that's it. And I, that's fine. But to me, there is more and I'm open to more. So I had to break out of my own walls of religion to understand that the world is bigger and love is for everybody. And if I'm healing somebody, I'm not healing someone because of his religion. I'm healing someone because of his soul. And kindness to soul to soul to soul is all that matters. Um so that's kind of like, you know, I met it, I felt it. I was, you know, I had to deal with a father that kept telling me like, what am I going to tell my friends in synagogue that my daughter is marrying a Christian? I said, you know what? If you more, if you care more about your friends in synagogue than your daughter's happiness, then the problem is totally different right now. You know, that's not the problem. And he got it too. And after my mom passed away, you know, it sometimes it takes trauma, and who knows it more than you, to kind of break you out of what you really know and allow you to see things in a little different perspective and just get out of our own self, get out of our own way, get out of our own teachings. And those are the limiting beliefs that we think we know things and we think we believe in things in a certain way when actually it's like, wait, maybe like, why did I decide that? Remember, I think I I spoke to you before and I told you my, one of my favorite sentences is be open to everything and attached to nothing. Who said that this is it? Like, why? Why would I have to believe it? There is no truth. Doubt everything. Doubt everything you ever told. Do your own thing. Do your own research. Find out who you are. You know, if you feel like, whenever I always say to people, if you want to start that journey, this is the way to do it. Every time that sentence come out of your mouth, well, that's how I am. Boom. Then, you know, this, it needs work. 
because that's not really who you are. How do you know that this is you? When when did you decide to define yourself? You know, I'm a smoker, I'm a this, I'm a that. We have so many different definitions to ourselves. When did you decide to define yourself? How about you step out of this for a second, take a step back and really look at yourself and say, you know what, maybe that's not me. Why did I decide that this is me? How did I become this person? And you start kind of digging in and that's the, you know, it always helps to have a coach, but you can do work on your own. Just start asking yourself the questions, journal the answers, journal what comes up, learn how to meditate. Meditate helped me to find myself more and find that healer within me. I had to find silence. My brain automatically on a regular as an artist too. It's like 700 tabs are open simultaneously in my brain. You know, I always have to like shut down, restart. So meditation was a, a beautiful gift to me. And I, and I always pushed it away because I was not in a place that was able to hug and embrace my gifts. And I was like, no, no, I don't have time. Nobody has time to sit down like this and breathe right now. I have too much to do, you know. But when mm -hmm. you actually do, you realize how much you need it because there's so much noise. And it's supposed to be. That's what this box is for. But when you pause, you understand that, okay, I'm not going to let it control me. I control it. It cannot control me. I can't allow it to control me. So. That, that's, that's a beautiful answer. I think you just went into your whole teaching and coaching mode there, which is which is. Which is awesome. Now, let me let me just. for me to stop talking. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up here pretty soon. But I, I want to ask you, you know, with all that you know and all that you've learned and what you do, what do you think happens to us? You know, when we when we die, where where is your mother and your father and your grandfather? Well, my father and, is alive. Yeah, my grandfather. Oh, your father. I'm sorry. Yes, okay. your grandfather, your mother, and um, you know, where are they? And do they come back? Um, so for me, I don't think I have, uh, you know, a defined answer for it. I do believe that we are energy, like I said. So we come from energy and we go back to being energy. Uh, you know, it's that even when, you know, when somebody's being conceived, it's amazing to think about a seed that becomes a human, right? But it's all part of it. It all starts from something. So I feel like we go back, we start from the nothing and we go back to the nothing. And the energy, because we're all energy, we're still able to communicate and we're still able to hear them or see movements or hear things and things of that nature. I do believe that there is some kind of levels of lessons that needs to be learned or graduated from, you know, somebody has a self-love lesson, somebody has a lesson in, you know, uh, putting themselves first or guilt or hate or anything like that, that they have yet to graduate. I feel like it comes back like, you know, we have ancestors and we have uh, future generations. So I feel like we somehow come back in that, in a form, in a new form, in a new way to relive and graduate that kind of lesson so whatever i'm going through right now in my life somewhere in my other lives i went to and it's funny because you can go to people like i had a session that uh was done to me for reincarnation and they saw me as a little girl who in london who can go to her recital and is crying and broken because she never got to fulfill her dream as a dancer. In this life, again, 
I didn't get to fulfill my dream as a dancer. I danced for 13 years, and at the age of 16, I messed my knees up, and I was not able to dance again. And so, for example, that lesson never been fulfilled or whatever it may be, but I did other things. So it's like, it's always, it's like those swinging doors, right? Where are we, where are we on now? Where are we going to and what else we have to do in here? So I do believe we're floating all over. You know, I don't think there is heaven and hell. I think, you know, good spirits go and stay wherever they need to. We always stay close to the ones we love if we want to. Those who go to some kind of traumatic ending might be a little different journey until until they find the ability to kind of settle. And I I don't know much, but I always pray for them. Every time I pray and every time I light my Shabbat candles, I always pray for the souls that are still lost to find peace in their journey up wherever they are um, so they can continue. But I, I do somewhat believe in reincarnations. I do believe, you know, in, in coming back. And I know there's a thing called group souls where we meet again. For example, like I said, when, when I was done the reincarnation session, my mother was my sister at one life and my grandmother was my mother. So I feel like we constantly meet again. That's why when you meet someone that is familiar or something, you have this energy pull to people and like, I think I know you from somewhere. We probably do. We probably met in a different life. Our souls know each other because the physical, it's funny because when we die, if you weighed, uh, weigh the mind of a person, you know, when after, before they died or after they died, it, it weighs the same thing. If you weigh the body, regardless to how the blood becomes heavier and all of that, like generally, right when they die, it weighs the same thing. So what's the weight of the soul? Where is the soul? Because it's in our body. It's what brings us life. Without it, we can, you know, there's no, that's the life chi, the life spirit, the life energy that's within us. So where does that go? And what's the weight of that? Nobody has an answer to that. It's here and then it's gone. And so the physical vessel is just what we know in here. There has to be more. What it is, you know, when I'll get there, I might come back to let you know more, more specifically. But for that, that's really what I, what I kind of see and believe. Well, you, you answered about five of the questions I was going to ask you. So that's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> so what, so what, um, just to wrap this up here, what, what would you like to share or communicate to people who are watching this or listening to this? That, that I haven't asked you that you'd like to like to tell them? Um, one, to be open to everything and attached to nothing. You know, just always don't be so skeptical. There are things that, you know, are bigger than us. We don't know everything. As much as we want to understand, sometimes it's a thing with security for us, with, you know, we have to be in control because when I'm in control, then I know that, you know, I feel that, that, uh, security within myself right and so i i want to know that how everything is going to be but i can't really control it so when you're open and you're not skeptical it kind of leaves room for error and mistake and people don't really want to go there a lot of times because they're afraid so i would say don't be afraid you know because you can never know what greatness can come out of it if i wasn't afraid to look and listen and be open and say, okay, I'm okay. You know, when the radio turns on now, it's like it turns on out of, out of nowhere. And all I do is go and listen to the song because I know 
someone's trying to say something to me. And auditorially, that's kind of how I get downloads. I I hear things. I don't really see images. I hear them more. And so if something Mm -hmm. happens, instead of freak out or turn off the radio or ghosts are here or, you know, evil spirits, it's not necessarily because you would feel the energy if somebody was trying to do harm you in a way. So just be open, open to opportunities, open to signs, open to, I always say animals are a beautiful way the universe speaks to us. If something keeps coming to you in a dream, if you see a certain animal constantly and you're like, man, I've been seeing spiders for like a month now everywhere. Google, what does a spider mean spiritually? You know, what's the medicine of a spider? Things like that, because they got a message for you. If you think of the Native Americans, they lived through the messages of the animals. That's part, we all speak the same language. It's universal language and it's all love. So just, you know, to always be open, to not be afraid, um, to trust yourself, to trust the intuition. Doubt is a killer of so many dreams and so many things. You know, it's just, if you feel it, go after it. Your truth can never be wrong. Even if it turned out to be something that it wasn't supposed to or you didn't think, it's okay. Everything happens exactly as it should. And that is something that will help so much because when you don't doubt what's happening and you just have security in what is happening, no matter how much you hate it, right? I got breast cancer last year. And as soon as I got that call, I said, okay, so I guess I manifested breast cancer. Let's figure out what this thing is all about right now, you know? And you said, okay. Let's me, let me figure out, I'm, I'm not going to, and not everybody, and I get it, it's not easy to deal with news like that, and I had my moments too, but at the same time, it's just trying to be open to everything in a way that welcomes steps and journey and obstacles, and always remember there's no good or bad, it's just our perspective, things are just is. My good, what I view as good, is not necessarily something that you view as good. That alone should tell us that everybody is different. So if you believe everything happens for a reason, you don't fight it. You don't, you know, put stops on every little thing. I always say whatever we resist, persists. If you're going to keep blocking it, it's going to stay here. If you're going to keep talking about being broke, you're going to stay broke because that's where your energy is. If you're going to keep talking about the heartache and the, you know, the heartbreak and all men are shit, all women are crazy, that's what you're going to keep manifesting because you keep po- focusing your energy on that. And wherever focus goes, energy flows. So be open to everything and attached to nothing. Let go of what you know. You don't know anything. Life can be a totally new experience for you if you'll just come from that mindset and that perspective. So I would say that will be probably the main thing that I would love for people to do or to think about. And meditate. That helps as much as you don't want to do it. I promise you, (laughs) all you need to do is three minutes, sit quietly and breathe. That's, That's all meditation is all about. People think it's such a crazy thing. It's not. You just have to sit quietly and breathe and listen to your breath. And that's it. And you'll see magic will happen. That is awesome, Lou. Thank you. So how, how do people get in touch with you? How do we how do we find you? Um, you can find me through my website, which is uh, lulumua.com. MUA is short for makeup artist. Um, you can find me, all my uh, social media is lulumua9. Uh, so you can find me through there. And um, Lulu, yeah. MUA9. Okay. 
and just just for listeners, I'll put all this in the show notes for both Absolutely. the the video and the and the audio. So lulumua.com. Right. That's my website. Okay. Yeah. And people can book sessions with you there? Uh they they have a room for to send an uh, an email and leave and leave information and they can find me through that. It's it's uh the website itself is dedicated to my makeup workshop and my makeup work, but they're more than welcome to uh leave a message regarding uh personal session of coaching and healing and uh and I get back to you through that as well. Okay. Awesome. It has been a real joy to get to, to know you and to listen to you. Thank, so thank you, you. Thank you so much. Thank right, you. I appreciate you. And thank you for what you're doing here. It's it's a really, I love the idea of this. And I love that, you know, that your personal story brought you to a place of being open to everything and attached to nothing and allowing new perspective and new things in your life to, you know, to share. Because look, at that's what I said. Look at the greatness it brought into your life. How are you living life in a totally different way right now serving people that you never even thought you would going from a point a to point b because you were just okay with being open to the sorrow and going from it and growing from it so it's really it's been an honor to know you and to know your story and i'm i'm humbled and grateful to share this with you that's so uh, that's so kind of you you were talking to the old me so i i really related to that thank you thank you all right bye-bye bye all right thank you for listening today that wraps up the interview i hope you enjoyed lulu lee as i mentioned earlier it was so much fun to talk to her and i learned a lot during our discussion all the things she mentioned in terms of her social media and how you can get in touch with her are in the show notes if you have any questions of course you can just reach out to me through mike at mikenicholas.com and i'll be happy to get back to you But thank you, and as always, if you could be kind enough to hit the subscribe button or like this episode, like this podcast, it really makes it easier for other people to find us and listen to these type of shows. Thanks again. Talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.